this is the team we have right now, so we got to go out there and take care of it. Um, there's really no excuse because we got a lot of the same guys from last year, and we just added on. I feel like got better than what we were the past couple years, so um, there's no excuse but to go and you know take care of business now. third year our third year under Matt's um, offense so it's just only getting better for us and uh, you know my his first year here Matt's first year uh, at this point in camp I don't think we were as confident as what we are right now just because it's you know first year in a new system a lot of new uh, moving parts there is a lot of unknowns um, I talked about it various uh, various times throughout camp uh, people's uh, contracts and situations uh, down the line um, till the right perspective is needed, I think, for all of us. Um, I think we don't feel pressure. Uh, I'm speaking personally, I can't speak for everybody, but I, the, the feel that I get with the energy in the locker room is not pressure, it's uh, focus. I really do. I think it's the right perspective and the right type of focus. Uh, we know we have a talented team, we know what the expectations are. Um, we're just focusing on accountability and holding each other accountable uh, because regardless of what happens with any of our situations, this group will not be together the way it is now in years down the line. So we're going to enjoy this year for all it has to offer and each other. And I think that's the right perspective to have in, in, in this situation. Uh, this is probably the hungriest team that I've ever been around, honestly, just because we have been so close a number of times now. So I, I feel like everybody in the back of their mind, they know how reachable it is and realistic that we are to, you know, get into that final step. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's Steve Diddy, NFL on Twitter, and it's the season one of Crickstar. Oh yeah. Game one, I should say game one. Now here am I on, I've done one to crack me. Um, this is, uh, we, we did, I was going to put in, you know, that soundboy I said, ladies and gentlemen, we got him, and then have that, but you know, that's, that meme actually is designed to peak, um, and that's annoying, it's really annoying. Um, look, from the sound bites, you can see uh, this team are obviously all in. They're all in on Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers talked in his presser as well just about how Matt's changed. He takes, you know, command of the room. And you can see it. You can see it in Matt LaFleur's, um, you know, dare I be body language expert here. But you can see it the way he carries himself in front of the press. Um, you know, and there's that Aaron Rodgers post on Instagram where he's trolling the media, sort of narrative that they wouldn't get along and all this kind of stuff. Um. So look, this team is in a strangely in a really good place. So whether you like it or not, and um, whether you think the moves that the Packers front office made were were poor or not, uh, the one thing that has manifested and what's come out of it is is that the team truly believe that they have what it takes. You can you heard Devontae Adams there say, you know, they're like a player away or a play away, and he feels that they've added those pieces now, um, which is massive expectation. But that's the way it is with the Packers. That's the way it's always been. Um, but they truly believe that they have what it takes to win a Super Bowl. They also truly believe that, you know, this team is not going to be where it is. Um, sort of personnel-wise, next year, be that without Aaron Rodgers, without Devontae Adams, who knows. 
but they're not going to be able to bring it back to this capacity. So it kind of shows that like the front office believe they can run it back. Um, but the Packers themselves, uh, the players also felt the same way. So whether that's Matt Lef- because, you know, Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers, it's always a good listen. Um, when he was talking to Rodgers, Rodgers was just talking about how, you know, Matt LaFleur is a special guy and he's really clever and he's a perfectionist and all this kind of stuff. So there can be no ambiguity now, really, I don't think, around Matt LaFleur and what he's able to do with uh, this team. Now, you can say it's stacked full of talent, but look, it wasn't that long ago that everyone was saying, oh, you'll never get anywhere with Alan Lazard and um, MVS and, you know, sure, where are you going to go with those guys? You know, they, they don't have what it takes. And it appears that this team certainly believes they have what it takes. Um, if you look at the depth chart, for instance, uh, at wide receiver Devontae Adams and on the other side, MVS. Um, now, again, if off-season awards were a thing, MVS apparently has won them all and then some um, and he's had his best off-season ever. So there's this sort of prediction out there that he's going to have the, the best year ever. Um, there's one thing I would say, right, is that bringing back everybody for one last go sounds like a really good idea. Uh, doesn't it? You know, if you get far, but then there's so many variables in the NFL. Like, look at the books, right? They've brought back all of their starters, which is the first time that this has been done in decades, apparently. Um, the Packers sort of attempted to do the same. They lost a couple of pieces along the way. Now, in the Premier League, um, you know, it's the teams that upgrade, that stay competitive. And the assumption or the narrative or the trope here is that if you bring everybody back, you can replicate what you did. But is that true? Like, is it just because people haven't done it and they haven't went back to back all that often or whatever that people are assuming, oh, well, uh, you know, the the variable here is the fact that they just didn't bring everybody back. Is that really what was missing in all of this? I think it's an awful lot more complex than that. And by the way, the last team that did it, that won the Super Bowl and brought everybody back, they went to the playoffs the next year as a wild card uh, and ultimately missed out on going back to the Super Bowl. So in the small, very small sample size that we have of teams doing it, um, it's not as if it has worked out gloriously. Now, the Packers have released their unofficial uh, depth chart in the dope sheet, which is a sheet for dopes. And if you if you look at it, is there many surprises? No, the one that is sort of, uh, that stands out and has been in the media a lot and people have talked it to death now at this stage is on the offensive line. So we've, at centre, we've Josh Myers in there. Left guard, Lucas Patrick. Left tackle, Elton Jenkins. Seems solid enough. Right guard, we've Royce Newman uh, with John Runyon uh, backing him up. And then we've got Billy Turner at right tackle. So two rookies in the O-line. Um, I said on last week's episode, we always fret over the O-line, but the Packers seem to really pull it out of the bag, um, if you will. So I fully expect them to do it again. Um, under what evidence? Well, I guess the last couple of years, uh, you know, under Campen and uh, Steno and everybody else that, that came along, they seem to be able to do the business. The Packers are good at drafting O-linemen, um, obviously, uh, because of who they got there. Um, but it's based on nothing else like you can't really extrapolate how new players are going to play in the line because old players stepped in and did a good job um so that's a bit silly so look i, I sort of i was going to analyze this game to death and it is quick snaps i was going to analyze it to death and, and go into the matchups and all that kind of stuff but look all of that stuff to be honest is premature i was listening to saints podcast i was reading um you know neworleanssaints.com and I kind of just got fed up, you know, I was kind of looking at it and I just going, is any of this actually relevant? You know, like there's more question marks over 
the start of a season uh, than anything else you know um, even if you bring back the same coaches you're still thinking can he advance can he get better like obviously for the Packers you know when it comes to uh, the offense to replicate what they did last year would be no mean feat number one scoring offense you know the best team in the red zone the best scoring offense all that kind of stuff so to replicate that is damn near impossible now when you look at the talent that they've added you know Amari Rogers as sort of an understudy to uh, since added Randall Cobb MVS winning the offseason um you know Alan Lazard coming back healthy Devontae Adams just being who Devontae Adams is just just a a ludicrous uh, human being um aaron jones coming back at full strength aj dylan backing him up um and if ty size measures into performance well then he's going to be the mvp this year you know but there's still question marks over it so i wrote down kind of seven things um which you, the youtube algorithm would absolutely love um the o-line you know despite the all-in attitude uh it's the it's seemingly the most important parts on offense and defense that could be the weak point for me so like the obvious thing is that you have rookies on the o-line and i don't need to tell anybody who listens to this podcast for sure um that you know a shaky o-line yeah you you put aaron Rodgers on his ass that's a that's a bad thing he could get injured that's really not a good thing at all but then on top of that i mean obviously you need the o-line to set up the run you're coming up against a very experienced uh, very good schematically uh, done defense in the saints and you know people are just key in on rookies all day you know that's where you put the pressure uh, which will be right up the middle, which is the worst place. Um, and if if Myers can't hold up, now there's nothing saying that he won't, and it's the same with Newman at right guard, which obviously is not as important as left guard with Patrick there and Elton Jenkins at left tackle, which, you know, again, I have every faith in him, but, um, you know, because Aaron Rodgers went into this anecdote where he says to him, you know, where do you prefer to play? And he says, look, it doesn't matter. Um, his confidence is great. Air confidence is also great, but we simply don't know. There's so many questions as to how will it pan out. God knows, no one knows until they get out there so if they can't keep Aaron upright it's a problem if they can't break an up running lanes it's a problem if they key in on the rookies all day it's you know it, the offense just grinds to a halt and then we have to depend on their defense and my sixth point really but I'll bring it in here at number two is that what is Joe Barry's defense actually going to be like because again if tie size for AJ Dillon equals performance that's Packers maths right there and um, well then Joe Barry's energy must also equal um, a top 10 defense but does it though you know um, and I'm not being negative here I'm just sort of pointing out the obvious you know I mean are our inside linebackers strong enough um, well let's look at the who we've got Chris Barnes Oren Burks uh, Isaiah McDuffie Devondre Campbell and Ty Summers talent in there for sure but are they talented enough to go up against the opponents that we have which are tougher this year um and for joe barry's tampa two hybrid defense is, is that enough you know can our cornerbacks safeties can the dbs fill in at sort of these hybrid uh inside linebacker roles i no one knows and that's something that we just have to to wash out as the season goes on now you know it tends early in the season tends to lean itself towards better defensive play you know defense can sort of key off have a good performance the offense take a while to get rolling we saw that happen with tom brady in the books um last year albeit you know people have had teams have had a better off season maybe not the back because Aaron Rodgers wasn't there but they had a better off season generally um to prepare this year so it's not the same as last year and there's that whole narrative with tampa bay where you know Brady had to come into a new team and a new system and that's what he stuttered and then he sort of you know went on fire after the bye week because they got stuff together 
Point number three, the crowd. Um, you know, this, you know, is there a crowd? Because the crowd noise, it should be like a home game, right? That's what's kind of expected in, in Jacksonville because there's a massive amount of support down there. Um, but then would the crowd noise, is that negated by, you know, the weather? Are you looking at the weather? Is it too hot? Because they say, you know, Rogers and the team don't play well under really hot conditions. And then there's all this other narrative. He's a Cali boy, so blah, blah, blah. You know, all of these are kind of non-factors and non-points to me, but is the team move to, to Jacksonville a good thing for the Packers? It's obviously a very bad thing for the poor people of, of New Orleans um, who are dealing with that situation, but, you know, has this actually played into the Packers' favour? Again, whether that actually comes into things, because they did ask the new punter, um, you know, what's it, what's it like to kick in cold conditions and, you know, does that affect you and stuff? And he was sort of pretty nonchalant about it. and said, nah, not really. You know, if, it, if you're too cold, if you're actually shivering, well then, yeah, probably. But otherwise, no. You know, and I might take a bit off the ball, but what is it, five yards? Who cares? You know, so all of this sort of media thing are like, oh, can they kick in cold conditions? For him, it's not really an issue. You know, my, my fourth point, and sorry if I sort of, uh, you know, get off uh, get off the numbers here, uh, is AJ Dillon. Um, you know, as I've alluded to, he's a big dude. I'm very high on him. You know, I, I think he could be something special. But does he fill in for Jamal Williams? How have they changed their scheme? Because we all know it's sort of centred around Aaron Jones running into the backfield, good hands. And how much does it change the run game with him there? You know, do do we see him come in and sort of take an awful lot of touchdowns away from Jones because he's this sort of bruising back that they bring in in the gold zone? Um, because what we've heard from Aaron Rodgers is that Matt LaFleur is really inventive as so is, you know, Getsy and Hackett about, you know, dreaming up these dream schemes um, to get stuff really rolling so I just don't know how that's going to translate and what that's going to look like um, because AJ Dillon is not Jamal Williams uh, he was fantastic I love the dude um, but he had his sort of you knew what he was going to do when he you know put in uh, incredible work uh, the guy was an absolute workhorse uh, but again a different style of runner completely um, physical of course um, the other sort of question mark I'd have and I'd like to see how this actually plays out is special teams because you know, we have a new punter. Uh, Bradley's still there um, as long snapper. So when you when you look at that, I mean, how does is Bradley got better? Uh, is the punter actually better? His stats say so, um, and he put in a hell of a performance last year. And then he's given Hecker a run for his money in training camp and all the rest. And you know that was allegedly to make Hecker take a pay cut and resign and all this kind of thing. So has special teams got better? Because we like to focus on kick returns and punt returns and coverages and all this type of stuff. Um, and one thing that we never really had to worry about was Crosby. But how does this impact Mason Crosby? Um, you know, again, we have every faith in him. He's a living legend now in Green Bay. But any change to the chemistry there, I mean, could that spell problems? And if it did, you know, because the other part of special teams that is obviously concerning is where we can't bed anybody down at punt return and kick return. So according to the unofficial depth chart, on punt returns is a Mary Rogers rookie. And on kick returns is Kylan Hill, rookie. And backing him up on kick returns is Amari Rogers. Now, Randall Cobb and Chandon Sullivan are in the mix there too. But they're going to give these uh, young guys a run out unless something bad happens. Now, in recent memory, for me anyway, anybody that they've brought in new on special teams to return um, has been a really, really mixed bag. You know, um, It's been either just a plain disaster, muffed punts and fumbles. 
um, or just when they're catching the ball, they're not making up space. The problem with rookies obviously are they're trying to make a name for themselves, they're trying to prove a point. But more so than that, it's just literally experience. Um, it's the speed of the players that are coming after them. You know, they've got gunners on the opposite side, you know, trying to rip their faces off. Um, and it's a completely different beast. So will they make good decisions? Well, it's like a guy who, you know, starts driving for the first time. He might be able to do it, you know, relatively okay. Um, he might be able to ride a motorbike okay. But when you put him in those high-pressure situations, um, how does it actually pan out? And does it end up with panic? Um, who knows? So that's another thing that's kind of hanging over this team. So as confident as all the players are about just how good this team is and that they've ran it back and they've added pieces like Eric Stokes and they've managed to bring Kevin King back and TJ Slayton looks like a beast and, you know, the O-line of this big massive centre there now and Mercedes Lewis has bought in MVS as his best preseason. They've got A.J. Dillon with his massive ties. Um, to me, the obvious weak points could be a massive failing. You know, if the offensive line is bad, that screws your offense. If the inside linebacker, uh, we don't get enough pressure. Because look, we're coming up against Jameis Winston, which is my last point. Which Jameis Winston are we getting? You know, it's one thing to shore up the run and stop the pass and expect interceptions and we'll to feast on the back end. And we may do. I mean, we dropped an unholy score on the Saints last year and that was without Devontae Adams and with first ballot Hall of Famer Drew Brees under centre um, but you know this is a different beast here we're we're potentially weak on every facet of the of the ball that, that is important inside linebacker on the defence that doesn't work Cent, the centre of the offensive line um, on the right side uh, with rookies in there that might not work um, and then special teams so we've changed the other area where we get points, which is that punter and long snapper we haven't improved. Um, and then on our return guys, they're both rookies. So I'm so optimistic about the team, but when I sat down to delve in, I was like, it's kind of squeaky bum time. You know, we don't know what we have. I, and again, I'm all in. And everyone knows, if you've listened to the podcast for a long time, I'm not going to say I'm a homer um, and all this, but yeah, we're, you know, Packers fans. That's why we're doing this podcast and we keep this thing going now for eight years. Um, and I hope the best and I wish the best for the team and I believe in the team um, but when you look at it you know we don't know how this is going to wash out until the season rocks on now I've every faith that all of that will be absolutely brilliant and we'll be surprised by it all but there's still question marks but finally look what James Winston are we getting in this game you know he's sort of a talented guy whose cringe has overshadowed him a bit you know with that sort of pre-game prep speech um, and he tends to have these mental errors and mental farts where, you know, if if you watch him in any capacity uh, in his sort of prior life, I guess, in the NFL, you'll see that he would be absolutely dropping bombs. Now, you might say because they had to, because they were getting ran all over and he had to, you know, shoot to come back into it. But he's a really talented guy and um, really unpredictable. If you pressure him too much and he can squeak out of the pocket, well, then he's going to punish you with his legs. Um, he's no sort of Cam Newton or one of these guys, but he still has a motor on him. Um, you know, and he's a big-bodied guy. And he really can put the ball on a dime. Where he lacks, obviously, is that just really, it's wild to see that he makes these wacky decisions out of nowhere. You know, throwing into quadruple coverage or when he gets sacked and he's fallen to the ground, decides to, to hoof the ball up into the air for no reason. When, you know, that was his big criticism, that he doesn't know when to not throw the ball. And when he's going down to the ground, he sort of tries to make these plays up. Now, I don't know if that's something you can sort of train out of a player. Um, 
But look, Sean Payton is a very clever guy. Um, they're paying Taysom Hill an awful lot of money. I'd say it's going to be very creative. Uh, but either way, I mean, the guy's dangerous. He doesn't lack arm strength or arm talent. He is mobile. And the Packers have famously not been able to deal with quarterback mobility very well. Um, now, it's a different team. It's a different era, yada, yada. But at the same time, um, you know, I just wonder how they can stack up to a guy who can run himself or hand the ball off to none other than Alvin Kamara. So I guess we could get into sort of, you know, matchups between their DB and Devontae Adams and, you know, how their linebackers stand up to our run game and what we can expect there. But it's so unpredictable at the start of the season that I think it's more legit to look at our deficiencies and see what washes out. Because you can only properly break down what you see if there's a massive failing there. You know, if the fundamentals aren't there, if our O-line gets absolutely the crap eaten out of it because then you're thinking, this is this is the problem now. This is where... Because screw... You know, how is Devontae Adams going to do up again? Like, screw that. If you can't get him the ball, well, then, you know, yeah, he's not going to fare, uh, fare that well, I suppose. Um, but look, the one thing is that the Packers have bought in, they truly believe, which was my other point, really, is that, you know, I guess my final one, if I haven't already got there, is team morale. I mean, how does that stack up if the Packers lose and lose dazzlingly? dazzlingly? It's hard to say. Um, for the other team, you know, if they get blown out, which we haven't really seen uh, all too much of in the Matt LaFleur era, is that what happens if they get trounced and it's to do with personnel? It's to do with that O-liner that can't get, you know, the defense firing or whatever. Um, how quickly does that belief start to fade of, well, Jesus, maybe we're not, you know, one piece away and we have bigger issues now that we can't seem to solve. Um, because that's certainly the way that defense was, you know, kind of pre-Mike Petten, I guess, was that it just it seemed like nothing would work. There's that whole narrative that look how much we've thrown at the defense in the draft and it still hasn't worked. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I don't want to read too much in body language, but just Joe Barry's interviews and stuff. Um, it seems like even he is kind of, he's every faith in it, but there's still a bit of nerves, I feel, with him. I don't know if anybody sees the same, you know, watch that interview we did with Larry McCarron. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy, and maybe it's just life experience, you know, arrogance tends to tends to fall away a little bit as you get older because you realise your limitations and what you don't know. Um, but he doesn't seem as, you know, kind of like, yeah, that's going to be better. This way it's going to go. I don't think he knows. Um, finally, injury report. We're looking pretty okay. Uh, Tyler Lancaster uh, on the D-line. Limited participation along with Zadarius Smith. Um with the uh, with the back injury both of them have uh, back complaints uh, smith was doing some um you know individual team drills or whatever so didn't really get a proper look at him to see how he's going to fare out but he did try come back and it didn't pan out uh with the back being a bit of a, a bit of a dodgy one because you know there's that whole thing if you get whiplash or anything around the back or neck sometimes you just cannot actually pinpoint where the problem is uh, which is very hard to fix, probably don't know where it is. Uh, the other one for us is Vernon Scott at safety is out with a hamstring injury. He didn't participate. But apart from that, as you would expect at the start of the season, and I say that with trepidation, I guess, because it's uh, there's always some freaky injuries. Vince Beagle, for God's sake, got injured tackling a goddamn donut, all right, in the, in his rookie year. Um, so for the Saints, they only have one. Uh, Ken Crawley, uh, cornerback, hamstring injury as well. He didn't participate either. So we have two sort of full-strength squads. If you could call the Saints full-strength without Drew Brees, um, I think we'd be doing them a disservice, to be honest, because I think, you know, Sean Payton isn't the type of guy who goes in and just throws his hands up and gives up. They've went in with their eyes open um, to this season with the quarterbacks that they have. They seem to 
feel good about it um obviously and they have some really star players back obviously there's deficiency with uh, michael thomas not playing um and stuff and that will kind of work in the packers favor so how will the game pan out and how will the weaknesses wash out they tend to wash out in ways you don't expect you know you kind of think oh yeah you know we're deficient on the o-line the o-line is absolutely dynamite but then we have a problem with something else so you really don't know um but i'm very open to be surprised um, on, on an awful lot of things obviously the players to watch uh would be if Zadari smith togs out i'm not convinced he will um and who will sort of take over his place rashan gary and mvs are tipped to have like you know blockbuster years i don't know whether the expectation level has gone too high now i'm not sure the other guy i have my eye on is uh robert tunyon i just want to see you know do they go to him a lot uh did they utilize him like they did last year um and how are the packers on those situations like third down and in the in the red zone in the goal zone as well where they were league leading last year you know um it, because according to aaron Rodgers, that's all really clever schematic stuff so have the league caught up on what they're doing have the packers been inventive enough to come up with something different now to be that because Rodgers attributes the good um stats on third down is that they didn't get themselves into big third and long situations so you know it's it's amazing the way it all has a massive chain reaction of course they're going to be you know deficient on third down if they can't get first and second down and the chain's rolling there so uh, that's something to watch it's very exciting very exciting i know people are giving out about troy and buck being on um i put out from the group account of course like you know packer fans are happy is that kanye west thing where he's happy and then instantly sad uh because people really hate them i'm not that down on them but of course there is some things that they come up with against certain opponents where you're like oh my god let's give it a rest with you i mean the bias is really showing um but that said look talented guys uh we put up with it if you don't like it mute the tv um, and turn on larry and wayne um it's just it's better in fact uh, the guys really know their stuff so anyway that's it for quick snaps and we'll be back for a post-game uh, breakdown as well make sure you follow us on socials and by the way um if you are a patreon member already i have inboxed people uh, about three times four times i've sent emails to people and i haven't received a response i cannot wait to get you your free t-shirt and um, so if you're listening to this do get back uh, one problem that one guy had was is that he'd signed up on patreon with an email that he never uses um so the email that i was emailing and all of the patreon inbox messages you know weren't going to the guy he wasn't getting that email notification that he had inbox messages um so i would say if you're on patreon do log in because that's where i'm going to contact you is in that inbox anyone else is interested am um, i getting a massive haul of merch now in the next week or two hopefully maybe a little bit longer depending on how the delay of getting stuff over is um, and there's going to be a massive march hall if you want to be in with a chance to win those throughout the season and i do a raffle every single month and i guarantee a prize for a patron who has supported us but hasn't won in a while so that look the goal is as i say every single week is i want to get packers march limited edition march and signed march in the hands of all of our patrons because you have no idea um just how much that support means here at uk packers hq so thanks to all of our patrons and if you want to get involved by all means do you get a free t-shirt and i might be uh, and this is a spoiler alert uh, usually get a t-shirt after six months i'm pretty much going to be reducing that uh down so when you sign up you'll be getting your t-shirt fairly lively um but there's a big top secret for you anyway i've been at steedy the nfl follow on the socials uh, get onto patreon if you're so inclined if not get onto facebook um instagram twitter and uh, yeah enjoy the game with us on sunday and um, we'll talk to you next week go pack go